Hello everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk and we're coming to you this week in glorious audio version because mm. we think we might try and grow the audio side a little bit more. We've been, we had it, we had a go with it, YouTube, didn't we, Chris? We yeah, had a little go we with tried it. it. little experiment, I'd say. Well, longer, a long experiment. Enough, enough to get to, we need to get some data. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's the key is to get, get a bunch of data yeah. and then figure out if we are, and we think, and we'd love to have some feedback on this. We think we're maybe cannibalizing our audience where we know some folks that will, you know, listen to the podcast and then maybe feel like they had to go watch it on YouTube Yep. And then we also think that there's a bunch of people on YouTube that wouldn't that wouldn't stick around for a podcast. So that's kind of the experiment we're in. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of experiment. We're def- the the interviews still going to be video because we know you love love those when we've got the key people from the watch industry on that they'll still be in the video format. We'll do the odd clip from time to time, but it seems looking at the figures that overwhelmingly more people enjoy the podcast on audio version because because it's longer format you can obviously yeah. listen to it while you're doing other things as well so we're going to exactly going to try and grow the audio format a little bit more also uh, youtube's algorithm is a bit unforgiving on uh, i believe the podcast format it, it's loving live streams at the moment they uh added i think they did the the, the youtube shorts i think while we were in the midst so i mean the algorithm definitely changed while we were kind of running our let's put put these on YouTube, and uh, if there's any clear signal there that uh, of what the algorithm wants, uh, you know those shorts were you know what less than a minute, less than a minute of uh, vertical video is what they were looking for, and uh, yeah, we were giving them 45 minutes of long form content. So yeah, but we'd uh, we'd love your feedback, and we still have a growing Discord group, and the Facebook group is going from strength to strength. So please head on over to there. Well, Chris, it's been a while since we've done one of these together. I've had a couple of interesting guests on recently, but we haven't done a wristwatch check in this entire time. So what are you what know, are you right? wearing? Uh, so I have uh, my Bell & Ross GMT. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. It, um, I was, uh, I, I had, uh, well, actually, I can tell a little story. I had my christopher ward chronograph the blue dial uh 70 style uh diver chronograph and i was thinking of bringing that out to disney we went to to disneyland a couple weeks ago and i was like ah it's fun i'll put it on an orange strap you know have some fun with it da, da, da. uh but i figured out that the zin 104 or actually anything with a countdown bezel is amazing for amusement parks. So, yeah, so so I yeah, had uh, a little uh, fun with uh, Instagram stories. So, I actually had some folks that kind of like didn't didn't sort of recognize that this you could you could do this. So, countdown bezel. So, instead of counting up, counts down. So, what you do is you schedule a return time. So like, say, you know, oh, well, this line is going to be this long and, you know, you can come back here at three or if you buy food in the park now, a lot of times they'll have like a, a seating time that they'll give you. And so they're like, oh, all right, well, we'll have you back here at three. So then you 
turn the bezel so that 12 o'clock arrow basically points to when you're going to be at that thing. And then you can read how many minutes, countdown, how many minutes you have. It's amazing because you can just look at your wrists at any time and be like, oh, we got 45 minutes. We can go on this next ride. Da, 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 da. Um, and I've been a couple times now with the uh, 104 and it's just it's just great for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm wearing my, still wearing my Seiko Speed Timer and I've been wearing it on a Bund style strap and I'll talk a little bit more about that in one of the upcoming stories, the strap, but I really like this. The Bund strap adds that extra visual element to it so I've not overly concerned that it looks a bit small on my wrist anymore because the Mm -hmm. Bund strap really adds that visual element. I love it. It's a really good looking watch. It's a really good looking watch. It's quartz. It's solar quartz. Hodinky just did a great article on it. I'll link it in the show notes. But it's a really good looking Seiko watch. I've been living in this. And the reason that I've been living in it is because I've still been doing my one watch challenge. So Chris, what are we on now? We're nearly at the end of March. Right. And honestly, guys, I have, if anybody watched that was it the last one that we did where we talked about the one watch challenge it's my life's a blur I don't yeah know. anybody who's not familiar i decided at the start of this year that i would try and only buy one watch in 2022 and there's a there's a whole host of reasons and some of those reasons i'm actually seeing fringe fringe benefits from now so mm. i'm not overly obsessing about watches having said that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world which which we'll we'll talk about shortly but the so i'm not overly obsessing about it and i'm enjoying watches without the need to own them and 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 it's been tempting because christopher ward have released some beautiful watches yeah did you see that last gmt one i saw that and i and i think i'm in this i'm in the same place i i think you can, and if you're not in this place, you can definitely get in this place, this headspace of, I'm totally content with what I have. I don't feel like I need anything else. I don't have that like constant, you know, oh, I need the next thing, or I'm kind of hunting. I'm just, I'm completely satisfied with what I have. And maybe that, uh, you know, maybe that one, that one watch saving up sort of put you in that mindset i think it did because obviously with being a watch reviewer as well i haven't the, the last watch i have been sent one watch to be fair but i did a, a review on that and check that out on the channel this was the watch that i got sent that had that came with a blowtorch that's right i saw that <laughs> it good. was a lot of fun that check it out on the channel yeah, guys. It, yeah. it came with a blowtorch for adding blue color to the hands it, mm. it was one of those diy watch clubs check out the video i'll leave it in the show notes here but yeah. also check out diy watch club if you're even slightly interested in watchmaking everything you need is in that kit and that's cool it's a lot of fun yeah so it's a very next level for you you're getting into watchmaker territory now i i have not uh, i have not blued hands so that's pretty cool if you are interested i'll send you the whole thing i might not be able to send you the blowtorch in the post but it's just one of those creme brulee ones it's not right, like a right, full, yeah. full i mean i made the title sound like it was a full-on blowtorch but yeah it's pretty, actually no, one it's of those good creme that's a, yeah 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 clickbait youtube perfect yeah it's good <laughs> 
I've been doing the, the One Watch Challenge, and in that last upload that we did, I talked about some of the contenders that I thought I would want at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. I think I've really... I've got three main contenders still. I still really intrigued about that blue dial panerai for some reason still mm. really intrigued about it mm-hmm. i'm definitely in the same mindset as in i'm all in on the grand seiko spring drive technology mm. but i'm yet to find that one i'll give a shout out to um well i'll give him a shout out later as well but adrian at bark and jack just did a live stream with paul thorpe and he said the same thing he loves the idea of Grand Seiko, but there's not one that sparked that interest in right. enough for him to buy one. And I'm in the right. same place. I, I I know I want to own a watch that's spring drive, but I, the current range, there's not one that I would. I think they're worth the money. There's just yeah. not one that I yeah. want to. I wonder what that. I wonder what that is because I I I know. I mean, they're they're sporty enough, and they're sporty versions. They have diver versions. They have. I mean, I think they're. More geared towards a dressier mm. watch style, maybe. Maybe that's why, like with a po- with very polished. So, I mean, if you're not if you're not looking at like polished cased, polished lugs, um, uh, sort of a you know like a smooth rounded shape design, 40, 40 mil three hander, great dial. Um, yeah, maybe they're just. Uh, there are certain ones they've done. There's touches, but yeah, I think uh, there's not not one that sort of stands out as a as maybe a uh, a little bit more of a modern tool watch that maybe you you'd be going for. Yeah, I'm still really thinking about. Although the prices have just gone up again, and also they're impossible to get hold of. But that that gray dial date just forty one is still the one that. I immediately think of when I think of, wow, I'd really like to own. Mm. And a couple of things fell off the list. And I think, Chris, when I was speaking to you about this last, the Seamaster, the 300 one, the James Bond one, okay. when I really thought about it, I don't, it's a great watch, iconic, everything. Right. I love James Bond, but I just, the hands, there's just something about the hands for me uh, that I right. don't like. And it's I know to see through them, yeah. Yeah, I know I couldn't live with it. Actually, I should do a little shout out as as well on this. I didn't I went into the local Tudor AD here. There's oh. one of only two Tudor ADs is in one's in Orlando in the Mola Millennia. So our friend Justin, who used to be the Rolex AD, mm-hmm. is now heading up the Tudor store and it is it's small, but it is fantastic in there. They've got a fiberglass diver wearing a <laughs> Pelagos. They've, nice. It's beautifully set up in there. They've got an area at the back that looks like a, a kind of a bar area. But right. it, it, it's the way they've done the store. And he very kindly um, gave me a water bottle. So I've got a Tudor Ooh, steel fancy. water bottle. Oh, and he fancy. gave me a watch travel case as well so big thanks to to justin nice. and i'm hoping nice. that we can do some more tudor content on the channel maybe i can go into the store or borrow a few watches but he says that that store's been doing fantastic the the tudor fxd that we talked about mm-hmm. they can't keep them in stock as soon right. as they come in they go yep. same with the chronos as well the tudor oh, interesting chronos. yeah yeah the, I, I i think both are both are great 
Absolutely. That's cool. Well, that's the um, that's the one watch update, and I'll keep people going. I've, I've managed to save up YouTube ad revenue, actually, at nearly $2,500 towards this watch. Oh, oh well, um, right, right. From selling watches and from ad revenue, stuff like right. that. So we're, but, out of, um, we're out of Timex, and we're into... Christopher Hamilton Ward. Territory. Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton money. And Hamilton money. Ward, there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> well, that was a little bit of fun, but now on to a more serious topic. Definitely wanted to do acknowledge everything that's happening in Ukraine at the moment. We've got members of the Discord group and Facebook group who are Ukrainian. In particular, a friend of mine, Mikola from Man Cave Leather. He and his wife actually are now safe in Poland. We've been trying to help him out on the Discord group because he he makes some amazing leather watch straps. I've reviewed them on the channel before. Chris, I've, I've talked to you about mm-hmm. them a number of mm-hmm. times. I've, gi- I've given you a, a man cave leather strap mm. in the past. He's had to leave all of his... He's from Kiev, or he's based in Kiev, and he had to leave all of his leather working equipment and everything as you'd expect when they had to flee as the situation unfolded mccola was very humble and didn't request any direct support but a number of us got together fans of his watch straps people on the facebook group and discord group and wanted to find a way to be able to help him so thanks to everyone that was able to help him tj todd chris michael and a few others that really helped out at that time if anybody else is interested in donating there is a way over on mancaveleather.com. You can go donate $10 or whatever you can afford. This is something I'm quite passionate about. So if you do enjoy the podcast and you enjoy my YouTube channel, you know, I don't normally ask for anything except for occasional subscription or hitting the like button. And I'm not even over the top with that. This is something I'm quite passionate about. And I would love it if you would also help support Mikola over at Man Cave Leather as well. He's a member of our community, has been ever since I started the channel, and I'd like to help him as much as I'd like to help anybody that's in need that's a part of this community. But just in general, the Red Cross, you can donate directly at the Red Cross, and I know Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, they've done an amazing GoFundMe. Adrian at Bark and Jack did an amazing NATO sale. He... Mm -hmm. He managed to source a Ukrainian flag style NATO. I think he's actually sourcing at the moment. They're going to be late shit, but he saved. He managed to raise over seventeen thousand pounds from these NATO strap sales. Mm-hmm. I missed out on getting one, but <laughs> I did manage to get one from a Canadian company called Strap Mill Canada. I've actually reached out to them to see mm-hmm. if I can help them promote it in any other way, but they are doing so. If you go to www.strapmillcanada dot com they are doing a ukrainian nato strap as well and all proceeds are going to go to the canadian red cross christopher ward did a limited edition watch in support of ukrainian relief the dial is the ukrainian flag so it's their sealander one i don't think it looks too bad but check that out on christopher ward's website I, a small act of defiance that means nothing at all. I removed some of my Vostok videos because I felt that I know they're not necessarily supporting, but yeah. they're certainly glorifying the Russian military. Right. I, I removed right. those. And I'm not saying you have to sell your Vostok watches, no. but I just felt no. for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I'm, I, you know, this is something that, you know, we, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, you know, for as much as, uh, for as much as we love, 
a uh, you know a three hander with uh, Arabics on it, the reason it exists, the reason why uh, you know men wear wristwatches. Um, is uh, is not necessarily a, 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 a storied past. It's a, it's part of war, um, and uh, I think it needs to be acknowledged. And uh, you know, we could we could we gotta we should acknowledge it. We should talk about it, and not 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 shy away from it. But also, yeah, let's support uh, support the companies and people that uh, that are gonna help direct some some funds and and you know support to to those folks directly is is great absolutely well let's um dive into we had a couple of a couple of subjects we wanted to talk about today one which i think i don't know whether this is funny chris but if anybody's been watching omega recently they teased a swatch collaboration today which i don't think anybody knows right. anything anything about yeah i but saw that also... on instagram i was like what <laughs> Yeah, and they also seem to be playing Rolex at a bit of their own game because they've released a series of Aquaterras in 34mm and 38 with mm. different coloured dials. So direct head-on yeah. with the OPs, of course, the Oysters. Yeah. There's a there's a red, there's a, a, a lightish blue, which we don't say Tiffany blue. There's a, an <laughs> orangey, rust-type tra- yeah, Trademark dial. blue trademark yes. blue <laughs> yeah uh, these are a lot more sh- they're not uh, matte colors like the ops are these are sunburst colors but what do you think about this direction they, that they've they've taken they i mean they are they are like a they are like a like a jelly a jelly color they're not they're not a solid so they're all very sunburst sort of uh jelly co- yes. they remind me of the uh they remind me of the first uh uh what is the first imax the, <laughs> the you're right they they are because this the bay green is very much like the sage green yeah the terracotta is yep. very much like the red one i think i wonder if my sister had the red one or the green one but you're right and they had yeah, the orange green. imac I, I hadn't made that <laughs> distinction but yeah yeah it's, i like the back of the yeah the blue too that the the and they kind of have two different yeah they have the they have two different types of blues they have yeah, they have copyright blue and close to copyright blue. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do you know it's, what? I think that they did a better job of using color in the last Olympics watches that they did. I don't think they were called Aquaterras, were they? But they did a traditional three-hander watch. Right. Which looks stunning. And they, they did really the Olympic good. rings. Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. My, uh, my wife is a huge Olympics fan. We watched all the... All the Winter Olympics got as much of it as we could, and uh, yeah, I definitely have had had my eye out on on something like that for her. So, but uh, yeah, they did a pretty good job there. For these, for these, you know, this is this is interesting because it 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 it's what they're making what people want. So it's clear that Rolex had a hit with the colors, and so Omega's like, we're gonna make what people want, and are are they getting are they getting uh guff for it in in the media or is everybody kind of like yeah it's good what do you think i heard again i watched a live stream with uh, paul thorpe's live stream watch people's uh, podcast with agent bark and jack was on i i they're obviously not representative the entire watch community but mm-hmm. the the just apathy that they had for them i think is probably what a lot of people are thinking because 
The Aquaterra already came in. I think the Aquaterra, first of all, doesn't get enough love in the watch community. Yeah. The bang for your buck I know, right? is awesome. I would love one in in my collection as well. You can yeah. get them still on the gray market at a very good price. Right. The Aquaterra is probably the only Omega that you can successfully still get on the on the gray market. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. multiple different sizes. I bought my wife an Aquaterra mm-hmm. for for our wedding. I've always liked them. I, I'm not cr- you. You put the nail on the head. It's these dials are very vintage, but in a, like a modern watch case. Mm. That's what it seems to me. I'm yeah, not crazy yeah. about it. Yeah, and with the and with the mod, I mean coaxial coaxial movement, yeah. guys. You know, like that's the. I mean, you're getting, um, yeah, you're getting the great. You're getting a great movement, great three hander, fun colors. I think my point is, uh, if Omega can do it. Other other watch companies can do it too, and if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna let them if you're gonna let this you know pass, then let other watch companies pass. I find I find all the time when other companies make an integrated bracelet steel sports watch that everybody gives them guff about it because oh well it looks like it looks like the AP it looks like the Nautilus it looks like that you know and. Uh, I, you know, I I think you're allowed as a watch company to make a bunch of color dials on a a platform that's very similar. But you know, like you said, the Aquaterra I think is is uh, has been underrated. It, it, it will often go to gray market so that they can move to the next year. Um, pretty uh, there's cool. There's a couple of Aquaterras that I adore. The there's a blue dial one that I adore. There's one that has. A bluey gray dial, but the second hand is almost a fluorescent blue. I think mm. that's awesome. My all-time, one of my all-time favorite watches is the fifteen thousand Gauss. They're all they're all measured to fifteen thousand Gauss. Yeah, but when yeah. this one came out, I think I heard the other day that they affectionately call it the Bumblebee, but I've never I've I've never heard right. call that with that with, with that second. yeah the second hand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah with the yeah, red with the, and uh, sorry yellow and black. Yellow and black secondhand. Yeah, they, did on they have really rocketed up in price. I yeah. actually flirted with putting one on the list for my one watch challenge this year. And I wouldn't, I, I don't know what's always stopped me from actually pulling the trigger on an Aquaterra. Maybe I just need to, because bang for your buck, especially if you can get one on the gray market with that yeah. coaxial movement, you're getting yeah. a fantastic, fantastic yeah. watch. I Maybe for us and, you know, collectors you know we aspire to certain brands and we attach certain watches to certain brands of our like aspirational level of things that we want and i think omega might sort of suffer there from us you know crazy watch guys because in our brains we're like well if we have three thousand dollars if we have five thousand dollars to get an Aquaterra at an Omega, then why don't we save up and get really this from Omega, you know, um, and not, and not sort of a, uh, collect them all, um, way of thinking. Yeah. And another thing that struck me about this, um, this live stream that I was watching with Paul Thorpe is he's, he's, he's been quite critical of Omega in the past, but he's just bought the, Proplof, 
And I know mm-hmm. we've got a member of our Facebook group that owns one. That is That's a right, watch yeah. that has always intrigued me, but I've never... Have you ever seen one in person? Yeah, 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 yeah. They are... They're pretty, I mean, massive, unique, interesting. It's, I mean, it's definitely a conversation starter piece. And I, it's not something that, I mean, I I could not, I couldn't even think about daily, daily driving that thing around. <laughs> no, it is, it is massive. Apparently they made one in titanium as well, which might have, uh, might oh, have brought oh, it down a bit. Well, let us know uh, what you guys think about these new... Omega's yeah. probably best off on the Facebook group now. Yeah, but... and they're they're uh, what are they in the so six thousand dollar price tag on these? Yeah, five thousand five hundred range. Yeah, yeah. I think the smaller ones obviously are more of a ladies' piece because yeah. they the indices are slightly different. Right. Yeah. Earlier, I guessed I said three thousand to five thousand, but I was off a thousand dollars. So, so if you have six thousand dollars, um, but still, you know. Six grand. I mean, not uh, it, those. Those are that's that's priced up. Uh, maybe you could maybe you could work a work a discount. But like they're the hot color. Everybody wants it. So I'm not the first person that goes in and haggles in an AD about a watch. But I wouldn't think twice about haggling on an Aquaterra because I've seen how many there are on the gray market. Yeah, they're not shifted, and you don't see hardly any in the wild. I, we saw one we're going to talk next about your OC Chrono, and I think that's the only time I saw that that 15,000 Gauss one in the wild was a member of that group. Yeah, you don't see them all the time. And I would hope, I mean, I don't know how Omega is, um, and I'll make a car salesman analogy here. Um, you know, there there are there are car companies that will get a hot, commodity car like uh you know honda will have a integra type r or you know some some hot car that that everybody wants some you know sports car in their lineup and there are some companies that will sort of treat it as a yep it's another car in our lineup and if you'd like to see it and test drive it we're going to let you do that and then there are other companies that are like oh no these are rare and we're not you know we're not letting anybody take these out of the store and we're going to mark up msrp I don't think Omega is that company. I think Omega is, you know, they're they're going to price them right and um, they're going to sell them. So yeah, okay, it's good. So you were you've been back on the scene, back on the the watch, yeah. the watch scene. I know, right? We had a um, couple of weeks ago. We were at. Uh, I went out to a tennis club here in Orange County. And we had a just, uh, just a fantastic evening. It felt uh, felt great back, sort of a post apocalyptic <laughs> watch meet. You know, the 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 stuff that we have seen in the last couple of years and everything going on in the world. It was uh, it was good to get out and um, see some see some friends. I was over at the Chrono Group on Instagram. They originally were OC Chrono, OC underscore Chrono on Instagram. So the Chrono Chrono Group guys uh, organized a meet uh, over at the, uh, I think it's the Laguna Tennis Club, I believe it is. I I might have that wrong. But anyway, cool um, venue, kind of outside. So, you know, there was no, 
uh, we didn't have to worry too much about, uh, you know, we're still, everybody's trying to be safe, you know, with masks and stuff, which is good. Um, but we felt safe out, out on the, uh, terrace and, uh, great food and, and drinks and discussion, um, and saw some, saw some cool stuff. Um, what was your surprise? What was your surprise? Uh, let's see. Let me look at my photos for a second. Well, while you're looking at that, what, what did you take with you? Um, I took my, I took my, kind of my three lineup, my Bell and Ross lineup. So I took my 10th anniversary chronograph, my, uh, 103, uh, by Zinn Bell and Ross chronograph. Um, and then I had my, my GMT. So kind of did, kind of did that. And then I think, oh, and I also grabbed the, the Zinn. So it was, the Zinn Bell and Ross lineup of that I that I have, um, kind of put uh, put a couple in a watch roll and and went on over there, which was fun. I'm trying to think of the standout. There was a there's always there's always lots of fun stuff there that you'll see. If you guys haven't gone to a watch me, definitely find one in in like the closest city that you're near and and take a trip out there they're super casual uh and it's it's interesting to me because uh of the of the different stuff that you'll see like i've seen now i saw another gold um the the gold speedmaster Oh so yeah, which is oh, that's just an and I held. I mean, to to hold on to it and to try it on it was this. <laughs> it is uh, you know heavy and gorgeous and, and totally not a watch for me, but uh, you know, cool to check out. Someone who brought some pretty heavy duty pieces and just sort of had like nondescript. It's amazing. We'll have like a, a few watch rolls out, a couple of watch boxes out. Um, some of the some of the pelican case kind of deals and it's just fascinating to see you know you'll see a pelican case with a bunch of you know like seiko samurais and monsters um, and then you'll have one with uh four or five vintage rolex in it and then you'll have one with just you know like a like a like a just a cool collection of whether it's uh, omega Longines, etc and and then someone will just pop uh an AP chronograph just kind of down on the, and you're like, Oh, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, you know, costs more than my everything. So, uh, you know, it, like it's just it's super fast. It's very, for me, uh, again, like it's, it's, it's just like a car meet where you just go and, you know, someone will bring the Bugatti and then someone will, you know, someone will bring a an old AE86. You know, <laughs> so someone in the Corolla that he's working on, or you know, someone's in a hypercar. So always, always fascinating, fun. Uh, the cool piece, I'd say, someone had a IWC Perpetual. Oh right, yeah. Just, just super gorgeous. Like their dress watch style. They have like two. They have the pilot watch style, and they have the dress watch one and uh perpetual calendar so it's got all the all the subtitles that i cannot read without glasses on but super cool the layout is great and uh you know the 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 owner was super excited to uh flip over to the next month 
for the first time and watch, you know, stay up late and watch them all because they're all apparently they're all uh, a flip mechanism. So like it's not it doesn't slowly turn to the next month. It at midnight it it flips to the next month instantaneously wow. because of course it does. <laughs> but but from a like engineering mechanical just super cool, super cool. That's awesome. I don't know what caught my eye about this one, but this Hodinkee wrote it, maybe it's filler. Maybe it was a quiet day at the Hodinkee offices. <laughs> but they wrote an article around even entry-level watches deserve a display case back. On the article, they've used an example of the new SKX, the Seiko 5, with the, I think it's, I guess it's a 4R36 movement that has a display right. case back. And yeah. they're arguing here that all watches deserve a case back uh, do you agree with that chris i do i do so so for a couple of reasons so here here's my take i didn't realize that there were automatic mechanical watches when i was a kid i didn't realize that like you could wear a mechanical watch that wound itself when I was younger. And then when I found out, I was super interested in them, again, from the engineering standpoint. Having a display case on those, on those smaller, or on those uh, entry-level pieces, I think gets people hooked into the, into the, the hobby. I don't, disagree with you actually and i think it's funny that i owned a speedmaster and i was lucky enough to have one that had a display case back and at the oh, time okay. i bought it i didn't know that that was extremely rare for a speedmaster professional right. to have a transparent case back and that movement is stunning in there it is i'm not sure about some of these seikos like the 7r26 and things like that because they're undecorated yeah, little little industrial. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're kind of st- you could tell that they're stamped out. But yeah. I never understood why somebody'll know this, I don't know it. But Rolex I don't think have ever had a display case back. It doesn't matter how expensive right. the watch is as far as right. I'm aware. Whereas Omega now every single watch has a I think right. every single watch in their lineup has a display case back, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Except the quartz. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like like I, I you know, I, I think let it shine. So uh maybe the you know, maybe the tech at one point you know, but like even then, like I'm thinking like it, you know, all the way back to like the nineteen fifties, like when gaskets weren't, you know, weren't made out of synthetic everything, you know, but but no, I I don't think there's a reason not to. I will put it. I will file it under childlike delight. Yeah. I mean, I just it it doesn't matter that it's there. But I mean, the fact that it is, you will just you know just occasionally like I'm looking at it right now. You'll take it off. You're kind of like oh, yeah, see the movement and the jewels and everything ticking away. Um, and I mean, you want to make a you want to make a eight year old's day. <laughs> 
yeah you know show them your uh show them your mechanical watch with the big uh with the with the weight in the back that moves around when you when you swirl it around i was kind of going back and forth on this whether i thought every watch but you made an excellent point there it it's a great way of looking at the mechanism how dinky also used oris as a prime example here Mm -hmm. that that's right i mean the oris movements are absolutely gorgeous as well especially the, yeah, their own yeah. in-house calibers where they've put a lot of effort into embellishing yeah. not necessarily embellishing them but the layout of it even though it looks industrial it's still gorgeous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think it's funny that um i know there's certain brands where they do a transparent case back on a quartz watch which that's right yeah yeah I'm that's not, that's tough convinced. yeah i mean yeah, even with uh, uh, I think there's a isn't there a isn't there a uh, Seiko that has a uh, that does a super jeweled quartz and they did a display back. I think it might have been, but yeah, I, well, undone watch is def is the one. Oh that yeah, com- springs to yeah. my mind when I think about a display yeah. case back. Uh, yeah, although the, yeah, they do the, have a good reason. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even with all, like, even if it's got a bunch of jewels and you can see a bunch of the gear train, it's still not as delightful as the winding motion of a, you know, of an automatic. The other movement that comes to mind that I always think about when on this subject is the S, the ST, is it STP, the the Seagull nineteen movement, the chronograph movement mm, that, yeah. It has a lot of deficiencies. It's it's not automatic. It's not hacking. It's only yep. hand winding. But all is forgiven when you turn yeah. that thing over. Right. That's a good example. Yeah. Intricate. It's it, it's yep. it's definitely a watch that is stunning from the back. And you right. can really you push those buttons and you can. Yep. You see all the little cams in it and the chronograph. Yep. And the chronograph tick down and like and all this. I mean, it's, yeah. It's you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're like you're like oh well it's. You know, it's not the best, and it uh, and it doesn't do this, and it doesn't do that. But you flip that over, and you're like, you're in a little delightful world, and that's you know, that's okay. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I like. I'm going back and forth on this, but I think I prefer a case back over a skeletonized watch. I've never fell in love with a skeletonized watch. Yeah. Some of the Christopher Ward Sapphire ones, I like those, but I'm not crazy about. Yeah. being able to see the movement from the front i guess yeah if uh maybe eh, maybe five six years ago there was like a bunch of uh open heart stuff that they did uh where we do like they would skeletonize it or they would do they would open up open up where the balance was as you could see that from the front yeah i'm with you i'm with you uh, i've seen some better than others some of the uh some of the Bell and Ross skeleton is very cool, but again, it's I don't think it's my style. <laughs> so, because because then you're sort of like you're, you I, you lose not lose, but you are giving away some ability, some legibility, and the ability to tell time with your skeleton because there's so much going on there, and you just kind of look down. I mean, you look at a you know any of the. <laughs> Any of the crazy, um, oh, who's it? Uh, who's the uh, F1 sponsor of, of Watch Choice? Uh, Richard Mill. Richard Mill. Any of the Richard Mills. I mean, you, you look down at those and it's it's skeleton polished. I, I, I you know, I just, uh, 
I caught some uh, F1 over the weekend and like just you catch these guys walking around with those on and you're like, are they even setting them to the right time? Like, can you even tell (laughs) what time it is? Well, that's been it. That's been awesome. Well, as always, guys, let us know over on Facebook group or join us over on the Discord. As always, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.